in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's me. Stages of grief. We're going to break those down. Where am I? I'm not yet at acceptance. Uh, Look, this is so unnatural because I don't really think we lost. I'm sorry. I just don't. Okay. Yeah. um, I'm not accusing anybody of uh, cheating yet. (laughs) But I do know this. I do know this, that I'm told that more than 50% of the American people are voting by mail. And I know that's a problem. I know that because Jimmy Carter told me so. Jimmy Carter and James Baker, uh, they said that this is going to be a problem. Uh, It's going to be a real problem. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, It raises concerns about privacy as citizens voting at home may come under pressure to vote for certain candidates, and it increases the risk of fraud. I am reading from the 2005 Presidential Commission on Elections, chaired by Secretary of State James Baker and President Jimmy Carter, one famous Republican, one famous Democrat. Vote by mail is hmm, likely to increase the risk of fraud and of contested elections in other states where the population is more mobile, where there is some history of troubled elections, or where the safeguards for ballot integrity are weaker. Uh, I've seen ballots strewn all over the floor. I've seen ballots uh, put on display in lobbies of apartment buildings in Nevada. I I, I do not think that the ballot uh, ballot integrity, ballot ballot security is all that at all. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, authorities lack an effective system to track the number of ballots sent or returned. Now, this was back in 2005. Did they invent that? Now, they could have. FedEx, FedEx has that, but we don't have that. All this to say, I don't believe it. I don't believe that the Americans suddenly went center-left. I don't believe the American people are tolerating what we're all seeing, a total and complete failure of an administration. I don't believe it. People say, how dare you question uh, mail-in voting? You're questioning our veterans. Shut up, okay? Just shut up, every single one of you. You don't know what you're talking about, all right? Absentee balloting is different from mail-in voting. All right. It is completely different. We know how to do absentee. Yes, I voted absentee in the military twice in 1992 and in 1996. And I know, actually, from back then, I remember once hearing because I was really kind of freaked out about it. I wanted to make sure 1992 I had to be on record and voting on all the elections because back then I was thinking about running for Congress or running for something. Oh, uh, I'll get back to you on the whole mayor thing. I'm having serious second thoughts about it because I don't trust the elections. I don't trust early voting. I don't trust mail-in voting. And I don't think I could, hey, we have election day. Me versus Eric Adams, up or down, game on. I'm in. But this ranked choice, whatever, 50 days prior, the mail-in stuff. No, 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 no. It's designed to keep people like me out and keep... The, the preferred clubhouse people in who the hell won in who the hell won in Arizona? Katie Hobbs won. There's no way that basement dweller got more votes, more legitimate votes than Katie, uh, than Carrie Lake. Just my sense. I lived in Yuma, Arizona, by the way. I know Arizona pretty well. I know it's right on the border. I know that we have a border crisis. I know that Carrie Lake was jumping up and down. She was also speaking about our really corrupt and flawed election systems. Right? Don't we? 
I mean, we just saw it. We just saw it. There's still a dozen races or so that are not yet called. This is 2022. This is this is insanity. Don't tell me this is democracy. You know what you people are? You fake news people? You are what I call, it's my new term. Are you ready? You are election fraud denialists. I love calling them denialists. It sounds fancy. Election fraud denialists. And what else? We've got the Russian, the Russia collusion, the Russia hoax collusionists. That's the other category, okay? We got those people. Carrie Lake is an amazing person. uh, Apparently, there's no way forward. My advice to her would be to not concede the election, oh, by the way. You can't tell me. Nobody can. After that mess, after that blank show, right? She should not concede because we don't know. Now, she could say something. If there is no path forward for her at this point, and if there isn't going to be a recount, she could say something like, well, Katie Lake will be the next governor. Or what the hell's her name again? Katie Hobbs will be the next governor. But let me tell you all the reasons why this election was screwed up. <laughs> and let me tell you all the reasons why the last election was screwed up. You know what? Well, it's America, and we're allowed to have doubts about things. Just because it's a government institution or practice doesn't mean it's perfect. It's incredible the shaming they did, the shaming of us who raised questions about that election. Uh, You heard it a million times. You are a threat to democracy. No, actually, this is the threat to democracy. You people talking about us like this, this is the threat to democracy. Cut 45. Think about the big lie. Trump endorsed election deniers. We all know what this is about. We have seen it for ourselves. This is about... The big lie, the big lie, the big lie and the big liar. The enormous, gigantic big lie. The insurrection spawned by the big lie. Individuals who promote the big lie, election deniers. Wow. So um, (laughs) uh, how how do we compete with that, right? And how does, you know, they try to blame this all on Donald Trump, right? The midterms. Well, they lied about him nonstop on cable. They never showed him. They never showed his rallies. They kicked him off of social media. The only way you were going to see Trump this election season, if you were watching Newsmax on a Saturday night or watch the Sunday shows, uh, badmouth him. <laughs> that's all. That's all the exposure he got. Now, I wonder if that's going to change tonight. Now, he's making an announcement. Is he really getting in for the race? I got to tell you, I feel just like I did on June 16th, 2015. That's when he declared the first time. And it wasn't a sure thing that he was going to run back then. Uh, Let's see here. I just found, can I play this for you now? This is what I said that day. Everybody ready for this? I'm going to play it right here and now. This is June 16, 2015. I show up at Trump Tower with my buddy, Rosanna Scotto. We didn't know what the hell was going on. We knew there was something big going on at Trump Tower. At the time, she was friendly with Michael Cohen. We all know about him, which, oh, by the way, I just heard he lost in court. We'll get to that later. And we're going to go. Is this going to be a new TV show? Is this going to be what the hell is it? I have no idea. And I knew Trump, but certainly not well. And I met him a couple of times over the years. He was actually nice to me. And uh, I had a certain appreciation for him. But, you know, I was like, okay, there's Donald Trump. And so what? I didn't go there as a mega fan or anything like that. I just went, it's on my way home. Literally, it was on my way home. So I go there to see what's going to happen here. And let me see. Do I? Oh wait. Do I have this thing? All right, you guys. Shoot. Let me let me get it to you, uh, Kevin. Do me a favor and turn this baby around. Basically, I said it on network TV after the speech. 
that he could win the entire election, that he could win with that message. Now, you got to keep in mind, everybody was laughing at him. The Daily News, the next day, they had a great big headline. They put Trump in makeup. Send in the clowns. They said this was a clown show. Maggie Haberman, the New York Times, wrote a snarky, nasty piece about how all of her friends and the reporters there, they got together and they brainstormed. Is there a path forward for Donald Trump? No. And we tried to come up with one. We really tried. They actually said that. That that was the report. We really tried, but we couldn't come up with one. We really tried. <laughs> um, they were wrong. They were all wrong. And I was right, baby. I was right. I'm very proud of this. I'm proud that it exists. You know? I just am. Very few people. And you know what I did? I shut up and I listened. I shut up and I just took... That's what I've been doing for most of my life. I know I'm shooting my mouth off all the time here, but I spend most of my time just watching and listening, believe it or not. Just watching and seeing things, how they go down, what people's reactions are. You can learn so much when you keep your mouth shut and your eyes open and your ears open too, just looking around. So um, I'll play you that in a moment. In the meantime, Donald Trump may or may not announce for president. I don't know what's going to happen. Just like, you know, what was it, six, seven years ago. You got that thing ready? I just texted it to you. Um, seven years ago, I had the same, I was in the same state of mind. Could go either way tonight. I don't know what's going to happen. Could be some sort of surprise. And then he starts speaking. I listen to the whole speech. I don't say a word. And then all of a sudden, some microphone person comes to me right after a microphone person. They weren't a reporter. That's what I mean. They were like a tech person with, I didn't know who they were with. And they just said, what'd you think of the speech? And I said what you're about to hear. Uh, It turned out that camera microphone person worked for Access Hollywood. (laughs) And my comments were on the Billy Bush show that night. I think it's called Access Hollywood. Billy Bush. And it was on national TV at 7 p.m. that evening. Here's what I said. I think he might be a game changer in this race. Listen to that speech. It's going to go over well uh, in certain precincts in Iowa, New Hampshire. This is a big deal. This is not a joke. Huh? Now, everybody else was saying, no way, no way, no way, no way. And for months, I tell you, folks, I felt the earth move. I just thought that there was a fundamental shift. And that's what I said on TV. You should have heard what I was saying off air. I was in a, I was in a days when I came out of that. Now, I went up and actually Bill O'Reilly was kind enough to uh, call in last week. Remember that? Bill O'Reilly was there. And he did say that I don't think he gets by uh, New Hampshire. And I'm telling Bill, I think he's going to go all the way. I'm telling you, that message, it will resonate. And how did I know that? Just by keeping my mouth shut and living all over the country. Arizona, Mississippi, uh, where else? The Panhandle of Florida, North Carolina, Virginia. And I knew the message would resonate. And I also thought, and I still think, that it's a message that could command, like, a landslide, 60%. If, if they stop lying about him, and trying to sabotage him all the time. And speaking of saboteurs, you know who the worst saboteurs are? Um, rhinos. <laughs> Chris Christie. Chris Christie. Oh, he's back diagnosing everything that's wrong with the Republican Party. He's wrong with the Republican Party. Uh, here he is, uh, Chris Christie. You know, what a fair weather friend this guy is, huh? Cut 31. 
If you're going to go for the Trump-style stuff in terms of the rhetoric, in terms of the conduct, um, those kind of things, and certainly the election deny, we're not going to vote for you. I think what Republicans came to grips with Tuesday night was we're tired of losing and we're tired of Donald Trump dragging us to lose because of his personal vanity. Personal vanity. Personal vanity. A politician accusing another (laughs) Donald Trump. Chris Christie saying somebody else is too vain. And what was the very first part of that? Do me a favor, play that one more. He said conduct. What was that one more time? If you're going to go for the Trump-style stuff in terms of the rhetoric, in terms of the conduct. Stop it right there. The rhetoric and the conduct. The re- what, What's wrong with the rhetoric and the conduct? What is it exactly? You know, I've never seen him sniff a woman, actually. I've never seen him lick a stranger. I've never seen him grab little children, Donald Trump. I've never seen him do that. Have you? Um, I also never saw him try to tear this country apart the way Joe Biden has, vilifying, vilifying half the country. You know, Donald Trump, you know what, he's, what he critiques? It's the hard left. All right, do me a favor, though, before we go. Here's Chris Christie. Is this, is this the kind of conduct he, he frowns upon? Listen to Chris Christie. Talk about a hypocrite. Cut uh, 32. On Monday, are you going to be uh, addressing the legislature? Did I say on topic? Are you are you stupid? On topic. On topic. Next question. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very much. And I'm sorry for the idiot over there. Idiot. Stupid. I don't like that conduct. I don't like that. Uh, and actually, strangely enough, you can't find Donald Trump calling a person stupid or a person an idiot. He may say that was a stupid question. But that's not calling the person stupid. How about that? And he's lecturing us about conduct. You can go suck it, Chris Christie. I'll be right back. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, breaking news. MSNBC tells us that uh, what House leaders are trying to figure out who the next speaker is going to be. I could care less. I don't care. I don't care. McCarthy, Biggs, whatever. I think we got to dismantle the whole damn party. I hope that's what Trump actually announces tonight. A Make America Great Again party. We don't need Republicans. Did I ever tell you that I'm not registered in any party, by the way? I I can't stand Republicans. I really can't. Democrats are worse. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I'm all, all about MAGA, and I don't feel at home in the Republican Party. And I don't think they feel very comfortable with me either, by the way. Uh, all the you know who's you know who wants to be a Republican, Mike Pence. Mike Pence. More on him in a moment. First, uh, does this sound familiar? All week long, ever since Election Day, uh, I've heard some version of this on cable news. Are you ready? Cut twenty-eight. 
We got a big dump of vote in from Washoe County. This is the Reno area here. We got nearly 20,000 votes in, and they actually favored the Democrat, Catherine Cortez Masto, by a wide margin. The bottom line is every update we're getting from Clark County is only building, is only helping Cortez Masto. We got a big batch of more, about 75,000 votes, many of them that exact type of ballot I'm describing. And not only did Blake Masters uh, not do as well as expected. Mark Kelly actually carried them. Mark Kelly actually won more votes, significantly more votes from that batch than Blake Masters did. And, so- and on and on and on like that across the country <laughs> ever since Election Day. Uh, why is that? Huh? You know, because they can they can keep producing these votes. How many do you need? And they figured out a way to do it more or less legally. They've corrupted the system, and they've done it somehow legally. And I tell you, I wish I could tell you his name, but I got a good friend out in California. He got um, five different ballots. He lived in his house. He's been in his house for five years. And he got, uh, to the people who used to live there, ballots were sent. Ballots that you can vote on. His dead wife, he got one for her. Five altogether. And he could just fill these bad boys out. Well, their signature verified. Oh, really? Uh, by the way, my signature changes all the time. I barely make an X when I sign something. Nobody is, nobody knows calligraphy anymore or script. And these people aren't qualified to determine signature. They're not. You, you actually are, that, that, there's a certain expertise in handwriting analysis. These aren't handwriting analysts. All right, so it's funny how that all worked out, right? Uh, it's all, uh, all lean left. All lean left all night. Hey, here's something else. Remember, I hear these uh, these rhinos all complaining about the Republicans brought this on themselves because they were so negative, this campaign. Cut 29. You can't just be against something. You have to be for something. And so a lot of these candidates in the final days, they, they should be able to, to reflect that. People see right through this BS and this division. And again, it's about being for something, giving people to come out something uh, to come out for rather than uh, to continue to be so cynical and negative and divisive. This is the kind of crap that consultants uh, make their money off of, right? They go around with this pablum and into a conference room. They meet with a candidate, a prospective candidate. Most people are amateurs, and that sounds deep. Oh, you have to be for something. You can't just be against something. What a silly little semantic game, okay? Every election, midterm election, is a referendum on the party in power. And you want to say... I'm against illegal immigration. I'm for border security. It's the same thing, okay? It's the same. Am I for winning wars? Yes. Am I against losing wars? Yes. <laughs> I'm for lower gas prices or I'm against lower gas. It's the same thing. Something is very, very fishy. All right, do me a favor. I'll take your calls when I get back. And what's the issue with Sid? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We put in some very careful constraints to prevent abuse. For instance, these photo ID cards will be free. Secondly, there'll be a wide distribution of them. The states will be required to go around the state to issue these photo ID cards to as many people as possible. Wow. You know who that was? Jimmy Carter. In 2005, advocating voter, voter ID, voter ID, photo ID. How about that, huh? 
Doesn't he know? The times have changed. That's Jim Crow. Wait, that's Jim Eagle, or that makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. That's racist. <laughs> it's common sense, actually. Until insanity took over the world. Total insanity took over. Hey, here's Bill Barr back when he wasn't a coward. Back when he wasn't crazy. This is the Attorney General of the United States. And he sees what's happening all around him. They're changing the rules. They're violating the law. And people are voting any which way they want. And oh, by the way, have we had a national, has there been a national commission since 2020? You think we fixed all these problems? There have been a couple here and there. Georgia seemed to have gotten its act together. Although, of course, it was. Remember, they boycotted the All-Star game. <laughs> Bill Barr, cut 27. This is the summer of 2020. Public well, this is you- playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this, to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. Wow, people are playing with fire. Reckless and dangerous. As a matter of logic, it's open to fraud and abuse. We're just being logical. (laughs) And that's okay. That's legal, folks. That's actually encouraged. That's a good thing. Hey, wait a second. This is George in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. You have good information about Trump's announcement tonight at Mar-a-Lago, or is this fake news? No, no fake news for you, G-Man. I love you, my pal. Listen, Pally, first of all, I noticed in New York State, the Republicans lost the four statewide elections. And I, I, for years, have put New York in the same category as California on a statewide elections. Both of those states are gone forever because of demographics. If you can't win in New York State when it's high crime, high inflation, gas prices going out through the roof, and you still lose, it's over there, folks. It's over. That's why those people who left 30, 40 years ago, they're geniuses. Now, uh, my opinion, Greg, is uh, you can do follow-ups. I think Trump is going to – I've never heard, heard other people say this, but I also have thought he's holding off. Uh, he's holding off till, uh, because he's good friends with Herschel Walker. He used to own the team. He signed him. In his, uh, Trump also signed Lawrence Taylor back then. He gave the Giants – All right, wait. Yeah. You're saying that he's not going to announce tonight because he's going to hold off so Herschel Walker can do his thing for the runoff. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. He doesn't want to be a distraction there yet. Uh, What makes you say that necessarily? And by the way, I hate to say this. I would love to see Herschel win, but it's not as important anymore. You know, I mean, the Democrats have already clinched the Senate. I would rather see them not get another vote, but they've already won the damn thing. Uh, He knows. I mean, he could have not done this thing. So if he's not going to run tonight, what's he going to do? Well, he's going to make a big announcement. It's going to be a a Trump-style Grant, you know, big. Grant yeah, but announce thing. what? But he's going to announce that he's going to make. Comments you don't know. You're trying to you're making it up as you go along. You don't know either. Nobody knows. All right, George, I appreciate it, though. You made some good points, um, but I know you're guessing. It's OK. George, thank you very much. Uh, he's uh, I do think there's a chance that he may not declare. I just I, I, I just like I felt seven years ago. I didn't know what was going to go down. And uh, is it a new party? Is it this? Is it that? I don't know. I don't know. Everyone's telling me he's going to declare. Uh, and I love Trump. I love his style. I love his policies. I'd love to see him come back. I think he should come back. I want him to come back, and I think he can win, although uh, he was right all along. You know, it's funny. 
He was talking about the election issue. You're like, if only he talked about the important issues. Well, he talked about all the important issues. But the ones that you guys are too afraid to talk about, you rhinos, Mitch McConnell, Chris Christie. Bill Barr wasn't afraid. What did he say? As a matter of logic, we need to be concerned about this. Eric in Manhattan, yes. Greg, 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 it's always good to talk to you. Um, when when you I have to thank you. But you know, the world should thank you. When 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 they when they came up with the, the word, you know, election denier, what did that tell you? That the, that's a new boogeyman, new monster. That just means they're gonna steal more elections, you know, and the earth look the earth didn't open up its swallow you for talking about it. We're mm-hmm. talking about actual crimes. You know, I think is it treason or grand larceny? I don't know, you know. Um and, and that, what disgusts me is the most is that People, all these people coming out and, and flipping on, on, on Trump, and, and it's, it's disgusting. Between, they don't have better things to talk about, like Mitch McConnell. Like, we're always talking about that. But between Biden getting more votes than Obama from his basement, and they're counting <laughs> votes, they're yeah. counting votes a week, a week later. Yeah, right. No, no, it doesn't make sense. That. Everybody knows it. I mean, and somebody today lectured me, well, the American people, this is, the, this is what the American people wanted. Uh no, the American people did not go center left. And then I heard somebody else. Well, they didn't really blame. They don't blame Biden for the inflation um, and the talk about democracy. You know, that really had an impact January 6th. I mean, I know they were lying about it nonstop and they continue to lie about it. Did that work? Hey, here's something else. Thanks, man. Um, in Pennsylvania, you know, when early voting started 50 days before the election. Here's what Jimmy Carter and Secretary of State James Baker wrote about early voting. You ready for this? Uh, The evidence on early voting is similar to that of vote by mail. Uh, People like it, but it does not appear to increase voter participation. And there are some drawbacks. It allows a significant portion of voters to cast their ballot before they have all the information that will become available to the rest of the electorate. Crucial information about candidates may emerge in the final weeks or even days of an election campaign. Early and convenience voting also distracts from the collective expression of citizenship that takes place on Election Day. Uh, Let's see. Oh, moreover, the cost of administering elections and of running campaigns tends to increase when early and mail-in voting is conducted. In addition to balloting on Election Day, early voting should commence no earlier than... 15 days prior to the election, 15, one, five, so that all voters will cast their ballots on the basis of largely comparable information about the candidates and the issues. This is why sneaky little Chuck Schumer was so pleased with himself. Not many people saw the, they already voted. The Fetterman debate did not hurt us that bad because only people found out at the very last minute how dumb he is and how horrible he is. Wow. I think that's a pretty reasonable suggestion. 50 days prior. And this is why I I don't think I can uh, necessarily run for mayor anymore. Uh, I was really excited about it. Uh, Excited, maybe that's the wrong word. Determined. Determined. But I don't know if I can do it with this system that will be obviously rigged heavily, heavily for Democrats. Now, I wouldn't run as a uh, Democrat. I wouldn't run as a Republican. I'd run as an independent And it may just be impossible, not impossible for me to get more votes, but with this system, this system, it may, I know I could, I know I have the capacity, but I don't think the system would report that. Do you? Let's see here. Who didn't want to ask me about that? Uh, I'll get back to that. 
Hey, Britt Hume, I used to work with that guy. What does he say about all this? Britt Hume, cut 11. While he maintains real influence within the Republican Party, no two ways about that, but it has begun to fade. It started fading, really, I think, after his annex post-election in 2020, that a great many people who were with him, perhaps up until then, uh, began to move away from him. And he never has really done anything to change that. He's continued to insist that the election was stolen from him, that he should be the real president and so on. Okay, thanks, Britt. Thanks, Britt. Just checking in on if you've changed, and I see you're as swampy as ever. Um, I disagree with him. And I'd like to see Britt Hume's commentary over the years on any matter related to Trump. He had disdain for Trump years before Trump became a candidate. And he was dripping with disdain throughout his campaign, throughout the presidency. I mean, this is, oh, gosh, this is, he's a swamp guy. You know, Washington is in love with itself. It serves itself. It's funny. I've seen people write about this. Even, um, uh, you know, Democratic loyalists like James Carville. He said it about Barack Obama. He said it about the Clintons. You know, they all come here to change Washington, but uh, Washington ain't changing. And Washington doesn't change. And that's one of the reasons why the swamp actually hates Trump. Think about it. He went there to change Washington. I think he was more effective in coming closer to doing that than almost anybody else. But did you notice something? Washington didn't change him. Carville said they come to change Washington, but Washington wins and Washington changes them. Washington, you got to give this to Trump, even you never Trumpers. Washington did not change Trump. And it's one of the reasons why we love the guy, okay? Uh, Oh, here's somebody. Here's another uh, swamper, uh, elitist snob who's just having the time of his life, Republican, hates Trump. His name is Chris Sununu. He's the governor of, uh, where the hell is he, the governor? New Hampshire. Small little state. And um, remember when Nancy Pelosi, that thing, weird thing, happened at her house? Well, this guy said Republicans across the country should give up, actually. That At that moment, everybody needed to pull down their political ads because, well, you know, we just... We, ha- we can't be political after Paul Pelosi got knocked in the head. He gave up. Cut 39. Do you think uh, Republicans should uh, tone down their Pelosi attack ads in this last week? Well, I don't think there's any need for that. No, I, I think, yeah. I, no, I don't think there's any need for the attack ads. And, and, and again, you know, right now, all our, our, our thoughts and prayers and sympathy have to go out to Nancy Pelosi, her entire family, her husband, of course. Um, and, and again, put, put all the politics aside. Ignore the elections. Ignore the election, he says, because Paul Pelosi got hit in the head. Thoughts and prayers? Okay. Then what? We give up. You wanted to diminish Trump somehow, Sununu. Does that name sound familiar? His father was the chief of staff to George H.W. Bush. His father, his old man, was the governor. And boy, is this guy tickled with being governor. This is what these people want. They want power. Listen to him talk about his job. Uh, Here he is. This is uh, uh, on the ABC George Stephanopoulos show. Two mega millionaires talking to each other, and he's just beaming about how much he loves his uh, governor job. Cut 40. 
I love being governor. Uh, look, with all due respect, the Senate's the B team compared to being a governor. I mean, it's just not even a question. Look, I get to be the CEO. I get to design systems. I get to implement policy. I get to challenge myself to in engage with constituents, find their problems, and, and fight those barriers. I'm an engineer. I want to design systems, create better solutions. Governors, mayors, those of us that are on the ground at the local level, which is why local politics, not Washington politics, local politics, local solutions really work best. I love being a part of that. Wow. Developing those systems. He's an engineer. So I did a little research, and uh, what's he up to? I'd love to see him create these systems. Wow, an engineer. Yeah, he went to MIT, by the way. So he's, uh, But his father was the governor, and he loves being the governor. You just heard him say that. So this is, his, uh, this is on his landing page. This is, the, this, is, this is how he defines himself, this video. It's on his website. It's the top pinned tweet. That means if you go to his Twitter account, this is what you see. And it shows Chris Sununu having the time of his life basically on vacation. Do me a favor. Go ahead and hit it. Cut 40. No, wait. Cut 41. All right. So it shows Chris Sununu. Keep it up. Mountain climbing, skiing, playing the guitar, singing, bragging about all the small towns he's been to. It's the smallest state in the world. Selfies. Selfies, 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 and more selfies. Oh, and drinking. Have a scotch. Did you catch that? He's been in Crystal Notch. And then have a scotch. Get it? It rhymes. I want to be the governor of New Hampshire. It's the funnest job in the world. This guy ain't working. And it continues like this. He goes, all these little little podog towns he's been to, you can crisscross New Hampshire in an afternoon. It's small. I mean, what's smaller? Is Rhode Island smaller? One, it's, I think it's smaller than Rhode Island, actually. All right? And he continues with this crap. And what he's doing, actually, is so... It's kind of ridiculous. It's like he's eight years old. He's wrestling an old man... Uh, arm wrestling. He's getting in on a bicycle. Uh, cut 42. I've been to Freedom, Durham, Gorham, Littleton, Bedford, Concord, Spofford, Middleton, Scenic Train, Hampton Beach, Storyland, Polar Cape. All selfies. Driving a car in a parade. Oh, yeah, what a ball. ATV vehicles. He's shooting a towel gun at a, at a minor league baseball stadium. Skydiving, <laughs> drinking again, having a beer, fishing. Uh, oh, and getting into the last scene, he's diving into the ocean at the beach with his buddy. <laughs> hey, Chris Sununu, um, Governor Sununu, here's what you ought to do right now. Take this stupid video off your website because I'm going to make it famous. And it's going to get you in trouble, this approach to your job, just like it got your old man in trouble. Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah, I heard that story. So John Sununu, uh, back when he was chief of staff to the president of the United States, thought he was such a big shot that he would take Air Force One without the president and fly it to baseball card conventions to show off. What kind of man is the chief of staff to the president still has time for baseball card conventions? So they said you can't take Marine, you can't take Air Force One. Okay, fine. 
I'll take Marine one. So he starts doing it with helicopters. Oh, uh, that'll show him. Okay, stop doing it with the helicopters. You got all right, fine. I'll take I'll take uh, White House cars. He had one car drive him all the way to like Philadelphia from Washington, which is a pretty long trip. And finally, they've had enough with it. And guess who fired him? Guess who fired him? Not George H. W. Bush. I, I, he had W. do it. You can look it up. True story. Get serious there, Sununu. I'll be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, it's really tough. UVA, all those football players shot and killed by, I guess, another football player. Do we know what the hell made him so mad? What What's that all about? I just saw a report. His father said he was having uh, delusional um, you know, ideations and he was all over the place. Probably a mental health uh, factor here. Also, University of Idaho. A bunch of kids were killed up there, too, over there. Uh, three or four found dead in a house, and it wasn't a murder-suicide, which a lot of people thought. And the police came out and said, well, this was a crime of passion. Uh, but I don't know anything else. Do we know? Is it solved yet? Uh, what's going on there? No, we don't know. Two universities, same day. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of weird. Oh, let's see here. All right. We'll leave it at that. Um, what time is the announcement tonight? Nine o'clock. Trump speaks. No, wait. Is it nine o'clock? Yeah, nine o'clock. Uh, from Mar-a-Lago. I wonder how that's going to be set up. Is it going to be indoors, outdoors? I kind of see it in my mind's eye outdoors, but I hear it's in an auditorium. Remember when he came down the escalator? Everything was different. Hey, just keep this in mind. All these naysayers out there, everybody, uh, all the Chris Christies of the world, the Chris Sununus. Uh, oh yes, and the Mike Pence's. We already gave him a hard time yesterday. I guess we're done with him. But uh, what a piece of work he is. And he's not being honest, by the way. Not being honest. What's up, Mike? Mike is in Wayne. Hey, Greg. How are you? First and foremost, we spoke yesterday about Trump and his demeanor. I've changed my mind. I'm with you 100%. Listen, being president is not a popularity contest. It's who can lead our nation to greatness and who can make us strong country again. And I'm sorry, DeSantis... He's not capable like Trump is capable of that. That's first and foremost. Secondly, you know, I made a comment this morning on on uh, Sid Rosenberg's show how he said Michelle Obama would win and that he, he likes her. And the guy called me a liar. I would love to find out if I can get the recordings from Thursday and oh, Friday. Gee whiz, dude. It, 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 all right, easy does it, okay? Easy does it. People say stuff on the radio. You get the call in. I see you call in a lot. I prefer people who only call into my show, quite frankly. That's one of the reasons why we don't talk to Judith anymore. She calls every single show, all right? I'm not dealing with Judith anymore. And, Mike, I'm this close to you to putting you on that list. I mean, I appreciate you. I like you. But you got to choose a show and stick with it. And I can't be <laughs> – I'm just giving you – but I can also be hunting down tape for you. That's a big pain in the neck. Anybody I've ever interviewed in the world says, can I get a tape of that? It is the – Oh, my God. It is the most immobilizing thing. It would be like me asking you, 
Um, can you get me a copy of your uh, middle school transcript? <laughs> what? How? What? Believe it or not, it's not easy to get a, a tape from a TV station or a radio station. It's just like it's the biggest pain in the neck in the world, and everybody wants one. So um, you're on your own there, Mike. I wish I could help, but I appreciate it, buddy. And let's do one more. Where the hell was that person? Uh, da, 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 da. Bo- uh, Bobby, as we go to break, I want to hear from you right now. All right, General Kelly. Hey, wait a second. Wait a second. You just called from Bucks County. Bobby, you're on the list as well. You are on the list. Changing your name like that. Uh, but I got it. I nailed you. I na- I still like you, Bobby. Stop messing with the phones. I'm good with the phones. Uh, I'll be right back. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, what's up? Uh, Joe Biden could not stand with uh, President Xi, could not, like, handle media questions in his presence. Uh, and now he can't go to the dinner. He's not well enough to be president, does not have the the energy, the drive, the stamina, the endurance, the strength, uh, the intelligence, the toughness. He's got none of that stuff. None of that stuff. And you need that stuff, don't you? I think you still need that stuff. Now, I'm trying to pin this down. That's somebody I know who's telling me that it's been confirmed that there were more than 20 federal officers, including FBI agents, embedded in the crowds on January 6th. Now, I have not confirmed this yet, and I've heard the FBI neither confirm, confirm nor deny that, uh, that piece of information. But, wow, that, that, uh, it rings true to me. This is a guy named Kyle Becker. I kind of like his stuff. I follow him on Twitter. But it's just a guy with an opinion. He's got a little news operation. So let's see what Kyle Becker says. It has now been confirmed that at least 20 FBI and ATF agents were embedded among the Capitol building on January 6th, according to court documents related to a criminal case that is proceeding in federal court. The revelation about the number of FBI and ATF agents was made in a footnote to a motion to dismiss submitted by the defense in United States versus Thomas Caldwell. It is based on witness testimony, unmirandized statements, and multiple 302s. Those are FBI interviews. Let's see here. Literally tens of thousands of private communications within Oath Keepers organization have been provided, including encrypted messages specifically addressing preparations for January 6th. Additionally, multiple 302s, witness statements, unmirandized statements, etc., from multiple Oath Keeper-related witnesses and defendants have been reviewed. At least 20 FBI and ATF assets were embedded around the Capitol on January 6th. Additionally, discovery proves that the Oath Keepers were being monitored and recorded prior to January 6th. All right, well, this is in a defense motion. And now the government's never going to necessarily confirm this. This is in a defense motion. Court documents. It's not like the federal government is, is uh, let me just double check here. United States District Court, United States versus... Motion to dismiss of the indictment. Now, the motion to dismiss comes from the defense. The defendant, Thomas, moves. Yeah, this is a defense motion. 
All right, so you, uh, it's not not saying that it's it's in the defense motion, but it's a defense. Uh, you don't want to call it an allegation. What it's a uh, they're saying it, and you'd be like, well, the, it, a lot of people don't think it's news until the government admits it. Except if the New York Times wants to say something about the government, of course. Especially when that government is run by a Trump. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Hey, the other thing is, you know, this early voting thing, 50 days prior, you could vote in the election in Pennsylvania. I don't want the government to have anything of value that's mine for that long. And it should have no one's for that long. Anything can happen. The more time that goes by, 50 days, that's too long to be in possession of a vote. It's too long for an airline to be in possession of my suitcase, right? If you lose a suitcase, are you if you if you left your suitcase at the airport and you got it back 50 days later, would you would you be totally convinced that it was pristine and nothing had been touched or molested? Of course not. First thing you do is try to see, has this thing been damaged? Who was inside it? What happened? Um, you can't have the FBI. Uh, you can't have, I'm sorry, the, um, the voting officials monitoring that stuff. Anything go wrong. The longer it takes, the more suspect, the more uh, occasion there is for somebody to mess with it. So please, please, please. How are we going to fix that, though? I, I still refuse to believe that this was just a straightforward election. It can't have been. This, this American country, we did not become center-left overnight. We did not suddenly accept that having transgender nut jobs at the top of the Health and Human Services Department is a good thing. Transgender nut jobs. Why is that? Why do I say nut job? Because Dr. Rachel Levine, nay Richard, wants to perform sexual reassignment surgeries on children. And I want straight talk about that before Congress confirms them. Straight talk from the administration when it comes to molesting our children, okay? If you're going to molest them, I think you should say so out. You should you should just put it on the table. Rachel Levine played a game with that. And yes, by molest, I mean the sex change stuff. Stay the hell out of it with kids. Cut 30. I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. So Dr. Rachel Levine, would that was double talk. And every single question, she said the same thing. A gender uh, uh, treatment is a very complex, nuanced field, and I would be happy to come talk to you after confirmed. No, we need to talk about it ahead of time. We need straight talk from this administration when it comes to our kid. Now that she has the power, she's talking all about those, uh, what do they call them again? Puberty blockers. Puberty. Can you believe such a thing? Who invented puberty blockers? Is there any kind of um, pure reason to have that, a puberty blocker? Why would you? I'm, I mean, I, I, there could be, I guess. What? I mean, was it ever used for, to treat childhood cancer or something like that? Sometimes these, these medications are developed for one thing and then they're used for something else. For instance, there are certain um, um, 
psychiatric medications that they will give you. Well, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty about sex, but sometimes there are folks out there who um, are a little bit too eager in the bedroom. Know what I mean? And things are over real quick. Well, you can take, I think it's, I don't know the name of it. It's something that a lot of people, it's not Prozac, but it's something like Prozac. And they'll give it to you, whether you're happy or not, to take care of the uh, eager beaver syndrome in the, in, the, um, in the romance department. Okay? I'm talking about premature ejaculation, just to, so we understand each other. Okay. Um, what else? What else is right? I got to get somebody on the phone about this announcement tonight. I have my misgivings about it. Although, then again, I'm really rooting for him. I love that Donald Trump. I am not going to count him out, and neither should you. And he, there's one other hero in all of America talking about this voting hijinks in the public domain, except us MAGA types. You know what I mean? Or us plebeians out there. Carrie Lake was talking about it, and Donald Trump has been talking about it, and it's a real thing. It's a real thing, and now I fear. I'm not really afraid, to be honest. I was thinking about this this morning, like, oh, my gosh. It'll be, we can never overcome this. Republicans will never be as good at the mail-in vote as Democrats. They have captive audiences. They have, we just don't operate that way. They go to prison and recruit voters. We don't do that. Well, we have to do that, Greg. We have to get better at it. I don't think we will ever get better at that. Uh, We'll get better at what? You know, this is essentially, this is legalized cheating. You heard what John Fund said yesterday. You, in Nevada, to register people to vote, to just go out there and say, hey, I want to make sure you're registered. Do you know what I have to do? Imagine if I wanted to do that. I would have to register with the Secretary of State of Nevada. I'd have to uh, give them my contact information. I'd have to give them my Social Security number. And I'd have to send them every single person I register. Now, what if, uh, say, the campaign of, uh, what the hell was her name anyway, who ran against uh, Laxalt? Maestro? Maestro? Whatever her name was. She was a total dud of a candidate. Laxalt, (laughs) just, first of all, totally right on the issues and pretty charismatic guy. I I still don't believe he lost. But if I'm canvassing or whatever, if I'm trying to collect votes for her as a Democrat and I'm a paid Democrat operative, all I have to do... I can do anything, actually. I don't have to tell the Secretary of State anything. And I can go with my salary and go into a, a house, a condominium, and say, you have your ballot handy? Hey, why don't we fill that out for uh, uh, the Democrat, make her uh, give her six more years in the Senate? How does that sound? I think it's a good idea, don't you? Come on, let's do it. How about you? Let's do it together. All right, you fill it out. Got that? Nope, make sure you fill it all out, all out. You missed a spot. Okay, good, good, good. Let me see here. Looks good, looks good. Okay, thank you. I'll take it from here. That's legal in Nevada. That is legal in Nevada. I don't think it should be. And this is happening all over the country. And can I hear Jimmy Carter? Actually, here's something else he said in 2015. I'm sorry, 2005. This is a long time ago. He put out this beautiful big document about how to have free and fair elections in America. And he had a pretty nifty idea. In addition to voter ID that he was for, how about after the election we audit people? We audit, uh, we conduct an audit. Listen to this, cut 43. Anybody who's tempted at the beginning 
to do something fraudulent will know that one or two percent of all the voting places in the state will be arbitrarily selected and the paper ballot and the electronic ballot compared. This would go a long way to deter any kind of uh, temptation to fraud. How about that, huh? But guess what? We don't do that. <laughs> there's, there's the one to two percent auditing. That's not done systemically or widespread. I think two states in the country do it. I think they should do that in Arizona. What the hell are they going to find in Arizona? The same drill, though, right? The same thing happened in Arizona, Nevada, all these places that took extra time to vote. It all seemed to go Democrat. I love this sequence. This is this defines the next 30 seconds defines the last week of coverage on cable news. Cut 28. We got a big dump of vote in from Washoe County. This is the Reno area here. We got nearly 20,000 votes in, and they actually favored the Democrat, Catherine Cortez Masto, by a wide margin. The bottom line is every update we're getting from Clark County is only building, is only helping Cortez Masto. We got a big batch of more, about 75,000 votes, many of them that exact type of ballot I'm describing. And not only did Blake Masters uh, not do as well as expected. Mark Kelly actually carried them. Mark Kelly actually won more votes, significantly more votes from that batch than Blake Masters did. And, so- and on and on and on. I think it's kind of suspicious. <laughs> I just, I do. All these late votes. All these late votes. I wonder if anybody got on the phone and said, find me the Democrat votes, right? <laughs> I mean, now, Molly Hemingway, she's really smart. I'd love to have her on my show, and she'd love to come on my show. But uh, she works at Fox News, and Fox News, well, they're uh, very territorial, and they're very petty, and they're, they're very nasty, and uh, they don't really care about the cause of conservatism or about, quite frankly, they don't care who wins or who loses as long as they get to make money. Thanks a lot, Fox News. And by the way, my beef with Fox News is about the product you guys put out day in and day out, except for two shows, all right? You guys are like CNN. You are terrible. I have never, nor would I, and quite frankly, I don't have much to say about the internal workings of Fox, all right? I've never been one of those guys, and they come out there. They do all the time. Oh, let me tell you about what happened inside Fox. No. No, it's the product you put out. It's the product and the manner. And you're an institution, and we're allowed to criticize our institutions. You get that? Anyway, thanks for nothing, Fox. Molly Hemingway is one of their shining stars, though. And I don't know, though. I don't know if she's right on this one. She may be, but I have misgivings about it because I don't think we can get as good at Democrats as this mail-in stuff. Cut 13. The one overarching thing that Republicans need to understand is that they're running elections on an election day model that no longer exists. Democrats have worked very hard for decades to move to an election season where they can harvest ballots every day of that election season so that by election day, they've already won. Whereas Republicans keep focusing on getting people excited for election day. Mm. That is not going to work in places where there is massive unsupervised balloting and ballot trafficking operations. So they either need to do a much better job of fighting those things or they need to join and actually play according to the new rules of the game. I don't want to stoop to their level. I don't want to election day. There's something beautiful about election day. Everybody coming together and we got to take a look at you. Everybody's got to come out of their basement sometime, right? Except Joe Biden and Katie Hobbs, I guess. All right, give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the red apple podcast network. 
Are you following me on Twitter? Oh, boy, it is so much fun. You get him so mad at you. <laughs> uh, at Greg Kelly, USA. How dare you say that? Yeah, watch me. <laughs> uh, hey, the other thing. How dare you write a book? Yes, I did. I wrote a book with Simon & Schuster. I am so proud of it. it. comes out January 10th. I wrote it, and I'm also reading it. It's also an audio edition book. All right? So, uh... The book is called Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. Um, Where else can you buy books? Wherever you buy a book, you can get it. Audible, you name it, it's there. Now, it's a pre-order right now, but do me a favor, okay? If you like me or if you uh, like the police and you don't like this woke crap and uh, you want society to survive, this is a good book for you. And uh, it would be good for me personally if you pre-ordered it because the publisher really likes that. It helps us get on the bestseller list, all right? So the pre-orders are very, very important. Book comes out January 10th. You'll be the first to get it. It'll either show up automatically, uh, you know, at your door or in your Kindle or in your little uh, audio file, and it goes a long way because guess what? If I sell enough books, they're going to ask me to write another book and that's what I, uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I got to be up. And look, I'm treating Bill O'Reilly. Hey, right? You know, someday we can only hope. The guys, uh, change the world with his books. Hey, Jason, did you really order my book? Thank you very much, Jason in Jersey City. Hey, Greg, thank you, man. I heard you make the announcement yesterday. I went right on Amazon, and I saw they added, you know, the uh, book on CD. So I bought one immediately. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Uh, I'll always, um, you know, back you up and your station up. You know, like I told you before, I don't watch Fox News anymore because I see what's happened over the years. There's only two shows I watch. I won't mention that they're probably the same as you. But last night watching you on Newsmax, I caught your reference to the honeymooners when you said, (laughs) (laughs) you said (laughs) he's the hippiest critter I've (laughs) I've ever known. But anyway, that was beautiful, man. You keep me in stitches. And as long as you don't turn on me like they did on Fox News, bro, I'll always support you, man, always. Well, I appreciate it so much. And thank you. I knew there was a Honeymooner fan out there somewhere. And what we were talking about was uh, was Chris Christie. Do you want to you see him be a, the hippiest hypocrite in the world? Oh, we don't have enough time. We'll do it maybe after the break. He says one thing, he does another, like every single politician. And he has the audacity, the audacity to critique Donald Trump on his manner, on his demeanor. When Chris Christie has done things far worse, far worse. He's a savage, that Chris Christie. Hey, Jason, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. To be continued. And, uh, oh, there's the music. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, by the way, if not Trump, who? If not Trump, who? You think Nikki Haley has presidential timber, huh? You think Nikki Haley can do it? Why? Why? Where the hell is she? Is she still the governor? What is she anyway? She's a, I think she's a homebody now, right? She just wrote some book that nobody read. What else did she do? Uh, oh, she wrote a book that was mildly critical of Donald Trump. That's one of the reasons why. Uh, and I guess, you know, it's let's face it. There's a bit of a novelty factor there. She's South Carolina and she's of Indian descent. And some people think that's really interesting. Me, I don't care. Um, but that's kind of, I think that's part of the claim to fame, right? That's part of, oh, she would be very interesting. I mean, if it was your just typical, you know, 
I hate the phrase. I hate saying it. So I won't say it, but you know, they're so dismissive of us, you know, oh, just an ordinary white guy. What do I know? I'm just a white guy, right? White guy. It's so pejorative and mean and nasty to reduce anybody based on on race, ethnicity, sexuality, any of that stuff. All right. So, um, all right. So, Nikki Haley, I don't think so. And what about Mike Pompeo? He's got some nerve if this guy runs for president. You know what? You got to defer to your uh, loyalty does count for something. Donald Trump made this guy. First of all, he was a. What was he? A congressman. He was a congressman. You know how many congressmen there are? How many congressmen are there? I know how many congressmen there are. They're like a thousand. No, I'm only kidding. They're 435. And he was one of them. 435. Trump made him CIA director. It's a big promotion. You get a really big office. You get a huge staff. And then granted, I think Trump chose very, very well. Pompeo's a smart man. Number one at West Point, I think. Number one at Harvard Law School. Uh, Army guy. Uh, just a super genius and uh, has succeeded in basically almost anything he's ever done. That gets tricky at this level, though. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I've read enough of these books about nonfiction books. You know what happens when people get fired in Washington, D.C., almost invariably? You want to guess? It actually happened to Sununu. We were talking about Sununu, Governor Sununu. When he got fired for flying Air Force One to all those baseball card conventions without the president, what do you think happened when they fired him? He cried. He cried. And that's kind of an interesting thing. I just noticed it and every time, because in Washington, you get these people who have succeeded and succeeded and succeeded. And then all of a sudden they fail and it's on the front page of the paper and they've never failed before. And it's like, oh, and they don't know how to cope with it. And if I got fired, I, <laughs> I'd probably quit before I got fired. But, you know, I, oh, OK, well, I've been here before. Uh, <laughs> I'll live to fight another day. It's no big deal. But these guys, they totally lose it. And I don't think Mike Pompeo has what it takes. Although I am intrigued by how he dropped all that weight. And intrigued, not in a good way. When you lose 100 pounds like that, I want to know what really happened. Did he have one of those Al Sharpton surgeries? How did he do it? His face is now a little bit, well, it just, I think when you lose too much weight and you became famous when you're fat, I think a lot of those guys lose their mojo when they lose all the pounds. You know what I mean? What's a famous example of this? Um, Star Jones. Now, who the hell is that? <laughs> That's not the best reference in the world, but Star Jones was one of those women on The View, and back when she was, you know, kind of, you know, tubby, she was funny and interesting and sassy, and then she lost all the weight, and I think she became vain and always looking at herself in the mirror, and uh, she lost it. She lost it. Does Mike Pompeo have it? Let's see. Cut 10. He seemed a little confused uh, and, and perhaps tired. It's been a long trip. I, I completely get that. I, I've been there before, too. But I hope he didn't leave an impression of weakness in the mind of Xi Jinping, who would have been very capable in that meeting. Second, he said something on Taiwan, right? He started with the comment that we haven't changed our policy with respect to one China yet. We all know President Biden multiple times has made statements that are in direct contradiction of what he just said. So he said she understands him. I, I couldn't tell you what our Taiwan policy is today, and that is incredibly important. 
And finally, and Dana, you hit on this, while they're sitting in the meeting, the Chinese Communist Party is building out islands in the, mil in the uh, Pacific and building coal-fired power plants, and our biggest problem with them seems to be climate change, according to President Biden. That's a big mistake. Xi Jinping will read this as American weakness, and the idea that we're just going to have more talks and more discussions seems to me ill-founded. Okay, it's a fair assessment in the middle of the day on cable news. I mean, you can, there are about, about 8,000 people who could say the same thing. And 8,000 people do say the same thing. You look at the cable news, you got a new face on every eight seconds, and they interview them about the same stuff. I didn't find that remark. I mean, I, I happen to agree with it, but it's not remarkably insightful to say that uh, Joe Biden looked weak over there at that summit. I mean, that's, that's Joe Biden. Is he going to ride that to the White House? I don't think so. I don't think so. I just don't I don't I don't think so. What do you guys think? Barbara in Huntington. Hello. Hi. Hi, Greg. What do I think? I think that my friends and their friends who are saying that, oh, yes, Trump, you know, we have to uh, consider somebody else now, even though we don't want to. I say to them, what do you think this is in Washington, D.C.? Do you think this is high tea? Do you think this is a charm school? When the history is written of Donald Trump, it will show him for the great president that he was and hopefully will be. It will show the promises he made that were so important to Americans, and he kept them. And there will be a slight footnote somewhere in that history that there were many Americans who thought Donald Trump should take a charm school course. Well, it depends on who writes the history, right? It depends yeah, on who writes this history. Right. And, and let's face it, right now the history is being written by a bunch of woke, politically correct fools. Yes. Uh, Michael Beschlosh, yes. he's the polit what is he, the historian du jour. Uh, these guys don't care about, they don't care about truth. They care about, I don't know, I don't know what the hell's happening. And quite frankly, no. again, I hate to make it about race, but I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with the white men on MSNBC, the liberal white men, more than anybody else. They're so self, uh, the, the self-degradation, the self, uh, the put down. I'm just a white guy. What do I know? And they're constantly trying to curry favor with uh, the far, far, far left. And it's uh, it's really disturbing and kind of gross. It is so obvious, though, that it discredits them. I'm sitting right here looking at a history of the United States. It's an excellent history that should take the place of the history text that we use, the Zen history that has caused so much damage that does not teach our American history correctly. And we started to change our textbooks back in the early 1900s. If you want the true history and the story of America, you have to go back to these really old textbooks to get the truth because they started being slanted in the early 20s. I have a friend who started uh, Libraries of Hope, and what she did was she went back to books that were written at the end of the 1800s and started reissuing them, and they're wonderful books. What are they called the again? Um, it's called Library of Hope, H-O-P-E, Library of Hope. And what is it exactly? A textbook? No, no, they're not textbooks, although some of them may have been textbooks, but basically they're the books about the founders of our country and about the early heroes of our country, a book about George Washington, um, even someone like Davy Crockett 
telling the story of these men and why they did what they did. Library of Hope. Is it online? Yes, Library of Hope. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll check it out. Everything else good? Well, I am just so upset about the result of the elections, and I believe that there was massive election fraud. And I, I back up the people from True the Vote. They did such a good job with the movie 2,000 Mules. Yeah. They were obviously drawing blood, as they say, because the judge had to put them in jail, had to put Catherine Engelbright and Greg Phillips in jail. As a warning to you, to me, to every other American, don't you dare question the validity of our election. I can't believe that. Right, right. I mean, even like... You're allowed. You're, we're allowed to have these ideas and thoughts. Now, that's one of the many reasons why I think January 6th was a total sham, because they wanted to use that as a pretext to invalidate our concerns because they're going with this fake news narrative that our concerns led to January 6th, led to violence. Right. You see how it all works. Anyway, yes. it's disgusting. And, you know, what? Someone, someone that wants to read something good about January 6th, if you go to Hillsdale College, I don't know if you get it, but for years I've gotten the Hillsdale College monthly magazine. And one of their short magazines there was about the hoax of the January 6th insurrection. So it's funny and you it's should mention excellent. that because I, I do catch Mark Levin once or twice a week. And just this morning I was listening to and he does those Hillsdale, Hillsdale College commercials. And I've been hearing them for years. And I actually made the decision. This has got to be the 1,000th time I've heard the commercial. He said, you know what? I'm going to enroll in that program. I'm going to enroll in a Hillsdale program. Uh, Why not? Why not? There's stuff I don't know about federalism. How many of you have read the Federalist Papers? I mean, right? Can you sit down and have a discussion about federalism? Right now, I'm not really equipped to. I'd like to, and I think Hillsdale can help me and you. It's okay. A lot of people don't want to admit what they uh, don't know and that kind of stuff. Federalism. A friend of mine told me they met uh, DeSantis and uh, they were you know, a little bit concerned about DeSantis. They weren't totally sold on him. So he quizzed him a little bit on DeSantis. Uh, I'm sorry, on, uh, on federalism. And he liked his answers. He, he wasn't crazy about them, but he thought his answers were pretty good. I'm like, what the hell would they ask? <laughs> How would I do with that little pop quiz? You know, Barbara, I know you are, uh, you know, you're in the books all the time. But, you know, that's not necessarily something that most people would be able to, you know, cope with. Right. Yeah. You can't. Hillsdale are genius. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it, Barbara. And uh, Library of Hope as well. Megan, I want to ask you before you ask me, you're in Orange County. Uh, mm, Do we have Megan? Yeah, there we go. Hi, Megan. Megan. Can, can I? Can we talk about uh, federalism for a little bit? Uh, it might be over my head. <laughs> yeah, you see what I mean? I mean, look, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, me too. I, I like. I kind of know there are all these papers they wrote, the Federalist pl- Papers, and it outlines kind of the foundations of the Constitution, separation of powers, and all that stuff. And it's like the the intellectual underpinning of the Constitution. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know if I could be of much help. <laughs> so uh, I want to uh, I want to like just dig in deep because this election stuff. I think it's really important that we start digging in deep. And I'm just going to ignore the fake news. I, I think I, I've spent too much time 
Uh, they're they're pointless. They're dangerous. They're useless. Why magnify them? Why highlight them? Anyway, Megan, what brought you here? Yeah, so I don't know if you remember. I'm going to jog your memory. We're the um the girl in the car with five kids. We just got them, and I listen to you a lot. And um, yeah, I'm just we're just upset about the outcome of it. And I, you know, listening to your other um people on, I really do think this early voting is just a debacle. I, it's like you said, a lot of the Republicans come out on voting day and or election day that we hold near and dear to our hearts. And the other, you know, parties tend to send in their mail-in ballots or, you know, their dead family members' ballots and whatnot and harvesting ballots. And I just trying to teach my kids, you know, the integrity of voting. I brought my son Freddie with me and we got all excited about it. And um kind of a letdown. Hey, well, listen, we'll look on the bright side. We did pretty well in New York. All right. Uh, It helped tip the balance in Washington, D.C. And uh, so but yeah, this early voting. I mean, look at what Jimmy Carter said. Uh, Download this report. I got to I got to put a link to it. 2005. They outlined the problems with uh, early voting, with mail in voting. And it's different from absentee voting. By the way, absentee voting. Everyone's on my case. You're opposed to mail in voting. That means you don't want the military to vote. No, shut up. It's absentee voting. Your t- absentee voting is fine. It's been around for a long time. But I'll tell you something, and I knew this when I was in the military. They don't count the absentee votes. I knew this in 1992. They don't count the absentee votes unless they have to, unless the election is so close. They take a look at how many absentee ballots they have, and if it's enough to make a difference, they will open the envelopes. If not, they'll just discard them. Because guess what? It's a pain in the you-know-what to open all those envelopes. And now we flipped it around. Now you got to open all those envelopes? <laughs> that in and of itself is a total pain in the neck. It's also not a secret ballot, as John Fun pointed out to us yesterday. And a million different things can happen logistically. And I don't trust it, and neither should you. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. And thank you, Megan and Freddie. Why didn't you call him Frederick or Rick, or you call him Freddie? Frederick is his name, but we call him Freddie to differentiate from uh, my husband. Frederick, do you call what do you call him? Fred, Frederick Charles. Well, Freddie is the oldest of five, and we call him Freddie, but we call my husband Fred because he's an attorney. So he's Fred C. Kelly, and we call Freddie Freddie. And then there's four boys and one girl. Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, well, thank you, Megan. Yes, I do remember. I think I checked in with everybody in the car, right? You did. They're in the car. They're being quiet as little mice, and they're listening. And I want to also thank you, lastly, I I just want to get it in quickly. You inspire me to open up the Bible and start reading it. And, you know, I consider myself a devout Catholic, but just I catch you when I'm picking them up at school. And, um, you know, just your little nuggets of Bible and information, it kind of just led me back to the Bible. One of those things, it was just sitting there and you know, just collecting dust, and now I've opened it up, and it's really um, spoken to my heart, so I appreciate you igniting that. Mm, uh, it's so, little- well, I couldn't be more pleased, and I hope your children, if I could talk to Freddie and the rest of you, who else is, if you guys could, you know, look, I wasted a lot of time when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, and when I was in my 30s, ignoring God and thinking that I had all the answers and I was the dumbest person, and it brought on all kinds of problems that could have been avoided. Um, I'm not pushing anything. I'm just 
I'm hopeful. I'm praying that you avoid the mistakes that I made. And maybe, maybe listen to your mom, because she sounds like a very wise woman. And uh, folks, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible is the one that did it, uh, just all these little helpful notes, but it doesn't matter. The Holy Bible. And uh, Megan, wonderful, wonderful news. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I gotta run. I'll be right back. Thank you, Megan. Bye-bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I am really at a loss. I can't imagine a future uh, for this country without Carrie Lake playing a very, very large and important role. She is a force of nature. Carrie Lake, the Republican candidate for governor, who they tell me lost the election. Well, uh, I have my doubts about that, actually. I do. I really do. I think uh, this mail-in stuff is uh, is junk voting. And she said it was a problem, talked about the problem in 2020. They said, no, you can't talk about it. And no, oh, no, no, everything's fine. But here's the thing about Carrie Lake. Hey, do we have anything? Do we have Carrie Lake saying anything? Just let me see here. We had her on. Uh, you got a little sound bite. Do you find one for me? And she's a remarkable woman. And it looks like she. All right. Listen to this, please. Cut 20 first. We think we should be in good shape. There's a hundred. I mean, look at my notes, 158,000 ballots that have not been counted yet. And 94,000 of those are in Maricopa County where they took our sacred vote and they and they just made a mockery of it. It's outrageous to see what happened. I had a man come up to me at breakfast yesterday and said, I showed up to vote. There was a three-hour line. They said the tabulator machines were not working. I drove across the way and went to another 15-minute drive to another center, and the printing uh, printers weren't working. They had no toner in them. Yeah. <laughs> I drove another 20 minutes and finally voted. It was a half-a-day odyssey to cast my vote, and we're getting thousands of people reaching out saying the exact same thing. We don't know how many people just finally gave up because it was so hard to vote. And when they did get to the front of the line, only to find out the tabulator wasn't going to count their vote, it was going to be brought downtown, put it in a bin, and we'll bring it downtown and we'll count it later. Sounds like people's civil rights are being violated. Oh boy, does it, right? Unfortunately, it seems like there's no way forward as far as the governor's race is concerned. It looks like Katie Haas will be the Next governor, that doesn't mean Carrie Lake should concede anything. You just heard that, and I believe her. I also believe, well, I don't know what's in store for her, but I know this. In 1962, 50-year-old Richard Nixon ran for governor of California and lost. He was the former vice president. All right, he runs for president, loses to Kennedy. Two years later, he runs for governor of California and loses and then he gives a mad press conference, and everybody thinks he's finished. He's finished, he's finished, he's finished. Six years later, he's elected president of the United States. And uh, over the years, he was heard to have expressed private relief that he did not win the election. It was painful at first, but then it became an incredible blessing that he did not uh, have to be the governor of uh, of California. I think it could, I think it will work out very similarly for Carrie Lake, a very, very impressive woman. And um, stay tuned, stay tuned. All right, so tonight the announcement comes at 9 o'clock. I'll be home watching it. Actually, I think I might be out on the town. It's We're celebrating my wife's anniversary tonight. Uh, but Newsmax will have that thing live, and I'll be back here tomorrow. Thank you. Take care, and uh, let's see what happens. I am not convinced he's going to declare. I don't know. 
big question mark. Bye-bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.